0: John's Gospel, chapter 13. And it's a call to love. Love is one of those words. Can we have the PowerPoint, please? Love is one of those words, isn't it, that we, uh, we think, oh, we know what that is. Of course we love one another. Everybody loves one another here, don't they? In Breton Baptist Church, but do we really understand what it means to love one another? We're looking through our new strapline, "Live for God's glory," and we followed that through in January over three sessions, and we looked at what it was to live for God's glory. We're now coming to the middle part of uh, of it, and. uh, To love one another. And over three Sundays we're going to be looking at this theme there. The call to love one another. That is, if you like, our our text for this morning. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Words that are probably very familiar to all of us who have been in the church for any length of time. A new commandment. But we're going to look at it within the context of what happens earlier on in John's Gospel, chapter 13. And it's the account of Jesus washing his Disciples' feet. And so I'm going to read from John 13, verse 1 through to verse 17. If you've got your Bibles with with me, then uh, join with me. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped round him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you Well, there's a lot going on in that passage, isn't there? And for us just to reflect on, and we can't reflect on it all. But the scene could not be more unfavourable, let's be honest. A low-lit room, an evening meal, a chattering group of men, full stomachs, dirty, sweaty feet. All confined within a small space. This is not where you would expect, is it, to find one of the world's greatest lessons on loving one another and what it actually means to love one another. But it's here in this unremarkable room, upper room in a common house where Jesus gives one of his greatest lessons to his disciples. And he leaves them an example that they should follow. It's there we're leading up to the passion, we're leading up to the point where Jesus will be arrested. And later on in the chapter, we find that Judas goes off, yes, to be, to fulfil his role as the betrayer. Jesus predicts Peter's denial And then he gives this commandment, a new commandment that I give you to love one another, as I have loved you. By this will everyone know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We could look at this story in different levels. We could look at it as a dramatic prophecy enacting the future as to what was going to happen we could see it as an acted parable of the cleansing that Jesus provides ultimately there at the cross. Or we can look at it as a spiritual lesson about the example that he leaves. And it's probably there that we struggle most of all. We like the theological arguments because we can ruminate over them. But it's when we come to this word, it's an example for us to follow. That that's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? Because it confronts our own actions. It confronts the way that we live. It confronts our own attitudes. And it confronts what we're prepared to do and what we're not prepared to do. Jesus says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. For you. Now yes we can spiritualise it. And we can move it forward and we can look at the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross. But let's just pause for a moment. And look at the example that Jesus has just enacted in front of them. To a group of men. Gathering one with Another talking around everything that had been going on in their lives over the recent weeks. Amazed that they're sitting down for a meal with Jesus, listening to him, full stomachs, comfortable, relaxed. And then Jesus does something quite remarkable because he goes beyond what is expected. He goes beyond what is expected. He gets down from the table, or gets up from the table, because they'd probably be on the floor. Goes over, takes off his outer coat, wraps a towel around his waist, picks up a bowl, pours water into that bowl. Then he goes over to his disciples' feet, and he kneels at his disciples' feet. And he starts to wash them. One moment that room has been a noisy, interactive, loud, boisterous sound of conversation. But now you can cut the atmosphere with a knife. What's he doing? What do you think he's doing? Taking on such a role there. That's the task for the lowest of loaves. That is the task for the lowest slave in the whole household to do. Actually, Jewish slaves were not allowed to do it because it was too demeaning. It would have been a Gentile slave. We would have been you or me. It would have been a Gentile slave that had done it. But it certainly wouldn't have been the host. It certainly wouldn't have been the host. He wouldn't have sat come down and stooped to wash their feet. As one commentator puts it, Jesus' act of humility is as unnecessary as it is stunning. For Jesus, this was an intentional action. He, in, he intended to do it. He got up. He changed his clothes. He put his towel on. He got the water. And he went and he stooped and he washed their feet. It wasn't a feeling. So often we mix it up, don't we? Oh, I won't do any. I don't feel quite right. I don't feel as if I should do that. I don't think feelings ever came into this. It was an intentional action. I want to demonstrate my love. I want to demonstrate what it really means to love one another. And love is always an intentional action. It's the world that tells us that love is a gooey feeling down the spine. Love is an emotion. And yes, okay, it does affect our emotions. And it does affect our feelings. But it is a choice. It is a choice that we all have to make. Do I love that person or not? Am I prepared to serve that person or not? Because the love that here is agape love. It's agape love. Love is Agape love is that love which gives and sacrifices for the highest good of another person. The main characteristic of agape love is that it is utterly unselfish. It does not seek its own interests, but always seeks the best interests of the other person. That is the love that Jesus demonstrated on the cross. That is the love that he calls us to demonstrate to one another. I am controlled by the decisions of my will, not by my feelings. Jesus goes beyond the expected, but it doesn't stop there. He goes beyond reason. In that room, just consider for a moment, who's in that room? In that room, there is one man who's going to betray him to the authorities. There's another man who is going to deny that he ever knew him, let alone had a meal with him. And there are ten other men who are going to flee. They're going to flee from him at his moment of greatest need because they're afraid of their own lives. Jesus knew all that, but he still washes their feet. He still washes their feet. And when you stop to think about it, washing feet is quite an intimate action, isn't it? I don't know whether you'd like it, whether you'd like somebody to wash your feet. I must admit I'm not particularly keen on it, because... I have to acknowledge that my feet are quite tickly and, you know, it, yeah, that's it. But if you think about it, washing feet is quite intimate. Getting between the toenails, getting between the toes. It's quite a physical action, isn't it? Quite an intimate action. But that's what Jesus engaged in there. Wisdom. And he did it. He did it for the one who was going to betray him. He did it for the one who was going to deny him. He was going to did it for the, one who was going to, the ones who were going to run from him and leave him all alone. That is love. Because for Jesus, love was an inclusive action. It was an inclusive action. What's that, phrase, that love verse that we love to quote? God so loved... Blue eyed, fair haired, white skinned people? No. God so loved dark skinned? No. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. And if God so loved the world, then who does he call us to love? He calls us to love that world too, doesn't he? He doesn't call us just simply to love the person that we get on with or the fellow believers, the ones who are in my connect group or the ones that I see eye to eye with. He just simply says, love one another. Love one another. I have to make a confession now. My love is so often conditional. My love is so often calculating. My love is so often convenient. And my love is so often crabby. I'll explain that in a minute. But isn't it true I'll only love them, I'll only help them if they'll change or if they'll do such and such. What am I going to gain from this? How's it going to make me look? Is it going to put me in a good light? Oh, no, I, I can't do it now. I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. When in fact actually there's a TV programme you want to watch at home or there's a rugby match on the TV that you want to watch. Or I'm just simply too crabby, which simply means grumpy. I'm just complaining. Do I have to? Now all of us who have been parents, we've heard that enough times, haven't we? From our teenage youngsters. Do I have to do the washing up? Why always me? But why not you? That was our answer. Why not you? And every time we say to God, Why me? He says, well, why not you? Why not you? Jesus goes beyond the reason. Jesus sets the benchmark Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I knew this would happen. Time moves on. But those two verses are brilliant. I love them. In 29 words, Jesus says the same thing three times. It's a license to any preacher. It's a license to any preacher. In those 29 word, words, three times he says, love one another. Do you pick it up? Love one another. And he goes on in chapter 15, in verses 12 and 17, to say again, love one another. It's almost as if he knows that, in, that there isn't much between our ears. And what is between the ears is quite thick. And we need to keep being told, love one another. And we need to hear it time after time after time after time after time. Unselfish, sacrificial acts of generous love are the hallmark, are the benchmark of our discipleship. It is what sets us apart. It's what sets us apart. The towel and the basin are the tools that define our mission. And in saying that, I'm not saying that we've got to pick up a bowl and a a towel and immediately start to wash one another's feet. But we have to take that example of humble service, of sacrificial giving, of generous love. And it may be that within our Connect groups this week, we might be asking ourselves, what's the equivalent of the towel and the basin? What is the equivalent today of washing someone's feet? What do we do? And then Jesus sets the mission statement, strategy. We often talk, don't we, about mission, mission strategy, what we should do with mission. But Jesus gives it to us here. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? Because, David, you preach an eloquent sermon? Because you've got four part, the four gospel points cleared off? Before you, because you can give a clear, a clear explanation of the atonement? No. Because you love one another because you love one another. I wonder what that would look like if Breton Baptist Church took that on board. I wonder what impact that would have upon our community if we loved one another inclusively, intimately, with a love that Jesus here has put. One of the challenges in the Connect material this week is that you have a look at 40 Acts of Kindness. We're coming into Lent. A Lent, where a time when often it's looked upon as a time to give something up. Well, 40 Acts of Kindness turns it on ahead. It's a period to give something. Who this week can you love in the way that Jesus loved his disciples? Is it that colleague in the office who you know, given half the chance, will betray you to the boss? Or will leave you high and dry? Is it that friend? Is it that neighbour? Is it the person sitting next to you? Because Jesus calls us to love one another. Let us pray. Father, we recognise the immensity of this call to love one another, the sacrificial nature of it, and that immediately brings us to the table that is set before us, a table that reminds us reminds us of the depths of your love and the extent to which you were prepared to go. That you were prepared to go to demonstrate your love for us. And Father, you call us to follow in your footsteps. May we become a people who truly love one another So that then everyone, everyone will know that we are your disciples. Amen. We're going to go.